This is the Reading Instruction Show. I'm your host as always, Dr. Andy Johnson. The title of today's podcast is, I am a holistic educator, not a dancing monkey. Now, let me explain. I was on this teaching journey for a long time before I got to the place called holistic education. And it's a wonderful place. However, now that I'm here, I recognize that few in higher education know exactly where here is. That is, there's still little understanding as to what holistic education is and is all about. Now, this creates a sense of philosophical isolation that can be very frustrating. It often seems like I'm on, like I'm an ice cube bobbing around in a bathtub full of hot water with uh, that, and I'm trying desperately to preserve my intellectual and philosophical space. Few people understand why certain issues such as academic standards and hypertesting and accreditation processes seem so invasive and unnecessary. In a world, of praxis exams and EdTPA and standardized achievement tests, Charlotte Danielson, high-level practices, behavioral objectives, technical teaching, emotionalist pedagogy, and standards-based education, it often feels like a holistic philosophy and authentic teaching are not valued. To teach authentically, is to teach from one's philosophy. That is, you align your actions with your values and your beliefs. However, as holistic educators, we're sometimes asked to adopt philosophies to which we do not ascribe or to use methods that are not consistent with our philosophic framework. To teach from another's philosophy is to become a dancing monkey and I am not a dancing monkey. Dancing monkeys are not good for education. In this podcast, I hope to provide a sense of what holistic education is or might be and examine how it could be used to bring higher education, education, teacher preparation to a higher place. Now, this is a concept, holistic education, that doesn't easily fit onto a bumper sticker. This podcast may enable you to describe where you're at in your journey as a teacher and teacher educator, and to help others understand holistic education. And maybe, perhaps maybe, the ideas presented here will keep you from becoming a dancing monkey. First of all, it's a philosophy. Holistic education isn't a method or an approach, it's a philosophy. A philosophy is a set of values and beliefs used to guide our behavior and influences how we view the world. Holistic education is also a way of perceiving and being in the world. Now, to understand this, I have put holistic education in the context of three teaching orientations. These are the transmission orientation, transaction, and transformation. 
and I'll describe each of these. First, the orientation teaching as transmission. The transmission orientation views teaching as simply a matter of transmitting knowledge from point A, the teacher's head, to point B, students' heads. Academic achievement is seen as students' ability to remember, replicate, or regurgitate this knowledge back to the teacher or some other measuring agency or entity. And this is where I began my teaching journey back in 1983. I was a second grade teacher at Greenwood Elementary School in River Falls, Wisconsin. Those were the heady days of Madeline Hunter and her direct instruction lesson model plan. I thought back then if I would just follow the technical formula put forth by the good Dr. Hunter, that all children would learn and life would be wonderful. We chanted the liturgy of behavioral objectives, anticipatory sets, input, modeling, guided practice, assessment, and closure. Amen. While there are limited instances where this type of teaching is effective, it's not in alignment with the philosophy of holistic education, or for that matter, with a wide body of research on effective teaching and learning. Consistent with this transmission view, Public schools are seen as a 13-year conveyor belt where all students march along in lockstep while standardized parts are added at predetermined times. Standards become synonymous with standardization. Now, while this is a very good model for creating automobiles, it's not so good for developing caring, intelligent, self-actualized human beings. But sadly, this limited view is the one held by the general public as well as most decision makers in government. Education is seen as something you do to students instead of something students do. All learning is externally derived and evaluated. Teachers are measurers instead of educators. Standardized tests become a form of quality control to hold schools and teachers accountable. And somewhere in the great beyond, George Orwell is saying, I told you so. The second orientation is teaching as transaction. The transaction orientation views teaching to be a matter of creating situations where students are able to transact with the material to be learned in order to construct new knowledge. Now, in a transaction, both parties give as well as receive. Constructivism is an educational philosophy consistent with this view. Here, knowledge is not passively received, rather, it's actively built up or constructed by students as they connect their prior knowledge and past experiences with new information and skills. Now, somewhere during my graduate work in the 90s, I embraced constructivism. 
I realized that teaching was not all about me and what I could do to manipulate my students to make them perform like circus seals. Rather, real teaching was a matter of creating the conditions where my students were able to transact with new information to create knowledge. As I entered higher education and began preparing teachers, I realized that while I could insist that my students had and were able to use certain skills, I could not in good conscience, conscience insist that they be mini-me's with my philosophy and my way of doing things. The ultimate form of domination and control is to insist that others share your philosophy and your worldview. The world doesn't need another me. Some have even suggested there's already one too many. Instead, we need many more self-actualized teachers who know and are able to use their own strengths and their interests in creating effective learning experiences. We need more authentic teachers who are able to align their teaching practices with their teaching philosophy. If you allow students to truly transact with knowledge in constructivist fashion, you can't expect a predetermined conclusion. Much to the dismay of the traditionalists who thought universities should be Madeline Hunter factories or Charlotte Daniel machines, I began to encourage my pre-service teachers in my courses to develop their own teaching style and find their teaching philosophy. I wanted them to be able to bring their authentic selves into their future classroom. I didn't want them to be standardized products. Instead, I asked them to adopt and adapt the pedagogical tools that worked best for them and to use the strategies that enabled them to create experiences in which all students are able to learn. I invited them to become intelligent decision-makers, not simply teaching robots or wooden Pinocchio teaching manuals brought to life. The third orientation is teaching as transformation. Transformation orientation perceives teaching as creating conditions that have the potential for transforming the learner and the teacher on many different levels intellectual, emotional, intuitive, spiritual, social, and psychological. Transformational teaching invites both students and teachers to discover their full potential as learners and as human beings. The ultimate transformational goal is to become a more nurturing human being who is better able to perceive the interconnectedness of all human, plant, and animal life. This reflects a consciousness-centered approach. Now, consciousness is simply what we are aware of, both internally and externally. We can transform ourselves and ultimately transform the world around us by transforming consciousness. Now, holism or holistic education 
is the educational philosophy consistent with the transformative view? From this perspective, ultimate truth resides within each individual. Learning is said to have occurred when educational experiences elicit a transformation of consciousness that leads to a greater understanding of and care for self, others, and the community. Now, I admit, I had never heard of holistic education until early 2001 when I ran across John Miller's book, Education and the Soul, toward a spiritual curriculum. How was it possible that I had completed five years of undergraduate education, two years of a master's program, and five years of PhD work without having been exposed to these ideas? It might be because higher education is still controlled, and I use that word purposely, controlled, primarily by those who consider behaviorism, cognitive psychology, and positivism to be the only paradigms from which to view reality. These academic gatekeepers who claim to value objectivity in the pursuit of knowledge reject without consideration those things that do not fit into their tightly held reductionist paradigm. But what could be more subjective than to select only certain types of data to examine? Miller's book led to my road to Damascus experience. For the first time in my professional life, I was able to say, this is what I am. This is where I am. This is who I am. This is why I am. I spent the next couple of years devouring every book I could get my hands on related to holistic education. I also branched into related areas of quantum physics, transpersonal psychology, mythology, perennial philosophy, and spiritual intelligence. Indeed, I saw that I didn't have to segment my intellectual life between education things and spiritual things and philosophical things. Borders are nothing more than artificial lines that merge and dissolve as they move towards the horizon. So while I was reading Morton Kelsey's The Other Side of Silence, Jim Al-Khalili's Black Holes, Wormholes, and Time Machines, Amit Goswami's Physics of the Soul, or Thich Nhat Hanh's The Heart of the Buddha's Teaching, I was also reading about education. And this reflects the idea of interconnectedness. All is one and one is all. So what? The transformational view of teaching incorporates the basic elements of constructivism and adds meaning, consciousness, and interconnectedness. So what does it mean for public education and teacher preparation programs? When I began to apply the transformational model to my courses in our teacher preparation programs, they became places of both personal and professional growth. My goal was to invite pre-service teachers to learn how to be and how to be in relationship with self, others, and community. I asked them, who are you? What do you value? What do you believe? What is your passion? What brings you joy? 
What does this experience mean to you? How do you like to learn? How will these qualities or questions manifest in your future classrooms? And I started trying to have more questions and fewer answers. Similar to the transaction view of teaching, I still defined a general body of knowledge and a set of teaching skills for my courses. However, within this context, I now invited pre-service teachers to use these to discover and develop both their personal repertoire and their professional repertoire. Indeed, these two dimensions are seen as one. That is, you cannot separate the human experience from the teaching and learning experience. We are human beings who happen to be teachers and learners, not teachers and learners who happen to be human beings. And what is it that makes us human? Among other things, it's our capacity to think reflectively and to imagine, to dream, to create, intuit, emote, and to wonder. It makes sense, then, that these very human dimensions be included in the very human act of teaching and learning. And since these are all qualities that have led to humankind's greatest innovations, it would make sense also that we would try to develop them in our classrooms. Sadly, because they can't be quantified and tested, they'll be left out of most curriculums and lesson plans. My goal as a holistic educator is to help develop effective teachers. Effective teachers from a holistic perspective are those who are able to utilize their authentic selves in all dimensions to create meaningful learning experiences for their students and to transform consciousness. However, External accreditation agencies and higher education are in direct opposition to this perspective. They represent a reductionist paradigm whereby effective teachers are thought to be put together simply by adding up a set of predetermined parts. And what is truly offensive to the holistic educator is that these predetermined teaching parts have been identified by people outside our university who know nothing about my students or the teaching environments that they'll encounter. Now, if I were to be a good little monkey and passively accept what is, the standards would become the what, the why, and to the great extent, the how of my courses. If I were to be a good little monkey, I would also have to turn my back on a wide body of research on effective teacher preparation programs. But our pre-service teachers deserve better. And the students whom our pre-service teachers will teach someday deserve better. So I advocate both passive and active resistance to the nutty, goofy set of predetermined standards. There's far too many of them. I'm a holistic educator. I want our public schools, as well as our teacher preparation programs, to be places of inquiry, where questions become just as important as the answers. I want schools to be places of learning instead of places of conforming. 
the primary role of teachers in these places of learning should be to enable students to discover and embrace their central self and develop their interests and their unique abilities to the greatest extent possible. In other words, self-actualization. Curriculum in these magical transforming schools would be a means to this end, not an end in and of itself. Internal states, emotion, intuition, consciousness, ideals, and values would be attended to. Academic achievement would become closely linked with self-actualization and be highly individualized. Personal goals, as well as authentic assessment, would be used to describe learning. Schools and teachers would be held accountable by assessing students and teachers' movement toward personalized goals and by examining the, examining the extent to which students are engaged in meaningful learning experiences. Schools and teachers would also be held accountable by the degree to which they engage in teaching practices that research and their own experiences have found to be effective. And this is all very doable. Now, I have tried in this podcast to point out some of the elements of holistic education. However, I realize that one of the strengths of holistic education is its lack of definition. The Tao which can be defined is not the Tao. I'll end by saying I am a holistic educator and not a dancing monkey. As well, I wish to apologize to any monkeys who may have been offended by this podcast. 